I once told a fellow that in the camp of the born again, we understood his thoughts because we once thought them too, but he could not think our thoughts. I explained that we could see him in his spiritual state because we have eyes to see, but he could not see us because he was blind. I told him that the born again could hear God's voice because we had been given ears to hear, but he could not do the same because he was deaf. I divulged that the foolishness and absurdity of his condition was obvious to us, but the glorious wisdom of our condition as born again, he could not possibly fathom. I even revealed that we understood his evil deeds and devil bondages because we too were once bound in the same fashion, but not any longer. The righteous deeds we now live in are rooted in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, a place that this man in his worldly condition could never enter. I then told this gentleman that his entire condition could change on the spot instantaneously. All he had to do was follow me in a simple prompt. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again as Jesus declared to Nicodemus in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Exactly as it says, born again means born a literal second time, born of the Spirit as sons and daughters of God. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you do, everything changes on the spot. Today you will begin to see, hear, and talk. Today all your sins and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken, every single one. Today you will be born again. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Matthew twenty-four thirty-two through 34. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. God said, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God said, 1 Corinthians three twenty-one through 23, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life or death, or things present or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. Man said, These foolish Bible-believing Christians make me laugh. There is no doomsday and certainly no judgment day. What silliness! Now the record. Since the beginning of the church, the saints believed that Jesus Christ could return for his church at any moment. This is certainly taught in the New Testament. This is known as the doctrine of eminence. His return is eminent. 
We are cautioned not to set dates and times for Christ's return to gather his church unto himself in the clouds, an event commonly known as the rapture, nor for the end of the world that soon follows this event. Mark thirteen thirty two. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. We do not set dates, yet we are commanded to watch specific signs laid out in the Scriptures. Jesus directs his church to learn a parable of the fig tree. Matthew twenty four thirty two through 34. Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when his branches yet tender, and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Mark 13, verses 28 through 30. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branches yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Israel is directly hooked to the fig tree in Jeremiah 24, 1 through 10, Luke 13, 6 through 9, and Mark 11, 1 through 26. During the days of Christ, Israel did not exist as a self-governing people, but rather as a vassal state of the Roman Empire. In 70 AD, excuse me, Jerusalem and the temple there were destroyed by the Roman general Titus, and the Jewish people were scattered to the four corners of the earth. From that point forward, Israel would no longer be found on the globe, for it was not. Something very strange and miraculous occurred, however, on May 14. 1948, a nation gone from the earth for nearly 2,000 years was restored once again as a nation by the stroke of a pen. Israel took its place on the map of planet earth, just as the word of God so clearly prophesied. The following paragraph is from Dr. Chuck Missler's book, Prophecy 2020. It was a dramatic day on May 14, 1948, when David Ben-Gurion, using Ezekiel as his authority, announced on international radio the name of Israel as the new state and homeland for the Jews. It was a great day for the Jews, and it was a most significant day for biblical scholarship as well. The debate about the literalness of God's promises should have ended. Immediately set upon by their Muslim enemies, Israel shocked the world by the miraculous victories in their war of independence. Vastly outnumbered, they nevertheless established their fledgling state in the midst of impossible conditions. In 1967, they again startled an astonished world with their miraculous victories in the Six-Day War, and again in 1973 and the Yom Kippur War, the saga of the Israeli Defense Forces has become a modern legend. And yet... The worst is still to come. End of quote. Surely Israel, the fig tree, has budded, and the generation that sees this shall not pass until all is fulfilled, and that will include the end of the world as we know it. Even though we do not know the date or time, it does appear we have been given a type of generational clock. 
If, in fact, we have learned the parable of the fig tree, then the generation that witnesses it will not pass until all is fulfilled. I was born in 1947, so I am of that generation. We are still here, but the ranks dwindling daily. Now keep in mind that it doesn't say until the last man standing. Of course, the doctrine of eminence is soundly in place. Christ can return for his church at any moment. We don't know the exact time of Christ's return, but it is going to look a lot like this. Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars. We don't know the exact time, but it's going to look a lot like this. There will be plagues and pestilence affecting the whole earth, kind of like COVID-19. We don't know the exact time, but it's going to look a lot like this. Billions will be directly affected by, by, and hundreds of millions bound by, alcohol, drug, and pornography addictions, and strapped with a myriad of phobias. We don't know the exact time, but it's going to look a lot like this. One of the key signs of global doomsday is what Second Thessalonians chapter 2 calls a spirit of strong delusion where the population at large will readily believe a lie, even the most absurd foolishness. The God of academia, which includes the world's self-proclaimed wisest among us, is the theory of evolution, and it teaches its adherents that a big bang came from the virtual nothingness of space, and out comes all the marvels of life, which evolved by accident. It teaches that man's first cousin is a mushroom, his second cousin is a banana, and his father a monkey. Oh, there's a spirit of strong delusion, all right. We don't know the exact time of Christ's return to end the battle known as the Battle of Armageddon, where the armies of the earth have amassed to wipe out the seed of Abraham, the Jewish people, from the face of the earth. At the time of this airing, the children of Israel are engaged in a major war with the Ishmaelites, that could very easily escalate into this world-ending battle prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. While this may not be that battle, it's going to look a lot like this. It's called the Doctrine of Eminence. Earlier, we quoted Dr. Chuck Missler's book, Prophecy 2020. The doctor just recently went on to be with the Lord. The book was written 18 years ago, which will only make the points it makes that much more dramatic. Pay attention now. Dr. Missler writes, Having an abundance of hard currency in the 1990s afforded al-Qaeda some unusual opportunities during the collapse of the infrastructure in Russia. Unemployment exceeded 30%. Inflation exceeded 2,000%, and crime and corruption escalated. In Moscow, there were 84 murders a day and incessant lines even for basic vegetables. Even the military bordered on anarchy. Ten Russian soldiers died each day from non-combatant causes, including malnutrition and suicides. 110,000 were sheltered in hovels, and there were even generals who did not receive paychecks. They were selling anything they could get their hands on to feed their families. In 1993, there were 6,430 reports of stolen weapons from assault rifles to tanks. Nuclear material was poorly controlled, and there were affluent buyers. 
Bin Laden has been amassing nuclear weapons and materials since he was in Sudan in 1992. In 1996, when he returned to Afghanistan, bin Laden made further purchases from the Chechens, including highly portable nukes that had been manufactured for the KGB. From 1996 to 1999, he made additional purchases from Russia and Ukrainian sources, including international arms dealer Semyon Mogilevich. Mogilevich, on one occasion, provided bin Laden with 15 kilos of highly enriched uranium at the bargain price of $70 million. After Pakistan's successful testing on its atomic bombs beneath the scorched hills of Balochistan Desert, bin Laden and al-Qaeda associates began to work closely with scientists and technicians from AQ Khan Research Facility, including Dr. Sultan Bashruddin Mahmoud, the former chairman of Pakistan's Atomic Energy Commission, and Dr. Chaudhry Abdul-Majid, Khan's chief engineer, to develop additional weapons, including tactical nukes, which can be fired from recoilless rifles. Since 1998, reports of bin Laden's growing nuclear arsenals have appeared in such leading international news outlets as the BBC, the London Times, the Jerusalem Post, Al-Watan al-Arabi, and Al-Majalla. Al-Qaeda sleeper cells are being slipped into the U.S. among the 4,000 per day who cross the porous Mexican border. Bin Laden is reported to offer $30,000 to $50,000 per head to Mora Salvatrucha, M13, and other street gangs who expedite the process. Some in the professional law enforcement community are convinced that Al-Qaeda cells already have nuclear devices secreted within the United States. The next terrorist attack on the United States is expected to be a nuclear event, which apparently is scheduled to take place simultaneously at seven cities throughout the country, New York, Washington, Miami, Houston, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and Chicago. This apparently is codenamed American Hiroshima. The agenda of Islam is continue is a continuing threat to all the people of the book, not just the Jews. When the Majlis, the Parliament of Iran, voted to pursue their nuclear program, 247 of the 290 approved by standing and shouting, Death to America! Death to Israel! Notice the order. End of quote. Those are sobering words indeed. The Muslim groups involved in the conflict with Israel have vowed a hellacious attack on the U.S. and its allies that could surely thrust the U.S. and its allies into the world-ending battle of Armageddon. It appears from my reading of the word that just prior to this event, Jesus returns for the church. This is the doctrine of eminence. It is so very, very close. It has been 18 years since Dr. Missler penned the words just read. Our porous borders have worsened dramatically. Bin Laden may be dead, but the chant of the damned, death to America, death to Israel, has reached a fevered pitch. Dark times approach for this world, but very bright days are ahead for all that call upon the name of Jesus Christ. 
doomsday events loom on the horizon and could happen without a moment's notice. But the blood butter not to fear. The world's end will be orchestrated by the world's maker, and he is the father of the born again. This heavenly father makes this marvelous promise to his children in Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Saints, we are headed to the perfect day. Yes, ominous times are coming for this earth, but they are bright and beautiful times for the redeemed. Jesus Christ created the earth, all its life forms, and its universe by the word of his Father. His name is recorded in Revelation 19.13 as the Word of God. All things are his, and as members of his body, then all things follow our ours. 1 Corinthians 3.21-23 through 23. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. God's Word teaches that all things are for our sakes, 2 Corinthians four fourteen through 18 knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up uh, us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Can you imagine? Even the Antichrist and Armageddon are for our sakes, for the sake of the born again. One of the very last signs of our gathering together unto Christ in the clouds is recorded in Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. The man of sin... The son of perdition in that passage goes into the temple and confesses to the world that he is God. In this window of time, the great taking up occurs. This key event surely works to our good and is for our sakes. The dread battle of Armageddon is also for the sake of God's redeemed. Here Jesus Christ returns with all his saints to destroy the wicked and to cast the devil into the bottomless pit. The saints will reign with Christ for a thousand years on the earth. Armageddon is a great day for God and his children. Armageddon is for our sakes. Surely desperate and catastrophic times approach, but be of good cheer, saints. God the Father is directing it all, and in Jesus Christ we always win, especially when it appears that we don't. Be strengthened and comforted with these words. Hebrews 13.5 let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Matthew twenty-eight thirty, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen.
Big, bad, and ugly times approach for the citizens of this planet. But they are beautiful and glorious times for the children of God. Magnificent demonstration of the 180 principle. The return of Christ for the church is imminent. If you have yet to make your peace with God, I urge you to act while there is still time for you. Click on the further with Jesus and settle the issue right now. If ever there was a limited time offer, this is it. Remember, the return is imminent. God said, Matthew 24, 32-34, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and porteth forth leaves, ye know the summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. God said, Romans 8:28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God said, 1 Corinthians 3, 21 through 23, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. Man said, These foolish Bible-believing Christians make me laugh. There is no doomsday and certainly no judgment day. What silliness! Now you have the record.